Welcome to In-Depth, a Kingdom Life Church podcast where we can sit down over a cup of coffee and talk to the people we love about the things that intrigue us. Now settle in as we go In-Depth. All right, well, welcome back to In-Depth, a special edition of the Kingdom Life Church podcast. I want to thank you so much for coming along on this journey with us. I hope that you have enjoyed the last uh, three or four episodes. Uh, I can't remember what number we're on now. I probably should look that up. Uh, but uh, again, I'm your host, Spencer Lloyd. And uh, the purpose of this podcast is to sit down with people who are in our body, uh, not necessarily across the globe, although we welcome those people too, and we will have a guest on uh, in the next few weeks who, um, I guess I should say the next few months, who has done extensive traveling. But tonight, or today, whatever time you're listening, we have somebody who's a little closer to home, my little brother, Carter Lloyd. Carter, say hello to listeners. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Why don't you uh, give everybody an introduction, uh, tell them all the important things that they need to know about you. Yeah. Um, like Spencer said, I'm his younger brother. I'm his youngest and favorite and best brother. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just actually finished up uh, first year at BSSM um, out in Redding, California, um, which was incredible and amazing. Um, so right now I'm actually back in Indiana um, for the foreseeable future, uh, I'm actually part of a team for a church plant in um, the Indy area. It's called Overflow Church. Um, that is <clears throat> not a Bethel church plant, but we do have the we're under uh, the Bethel umbrella, um, and so I'm super excited for all that and what what's to come with that. Right on. So what? So you you went out to Bethel. Yeah, and we'll get to that point. We'll get to what brought you to that decision later. But um, what? Why Marion? I mean, it's Marion, which I love Marion. So let me put that out there first. But somebody in your shoes who legitimately could have probably gone most any place, um, not too many responsibilities holding you down. What brought you back to Marion? Um, I mean, yeah, I think a big part of it was just the practicality of it. Just, uh, having, having a place to live, um, and just work lining up here. But also I, I really do have a heart for Marion as well. Um, and where I am being a part of this church plant in the Indy area, I am, uh, I have been able to take things I learned at BSSM and uh, apply them here in, in Marion and in the Gas City area, um, which has been really fun because it's kind of it's kind of allowing me to, in a way, do my own thing. Um, we're just being able to like pour into the people around me around here as well as while I'm also receiving from uh, the people in India and just practically being able to put my uh, training to use, not in the traditional ministry context. So you're talking about training. What exactly? So did you tell that you work at Starbucks? Oh, no, I work okay. at Starbucks. So he's a shift supervisor at uh, Starbucks in Gas City. And um, so in what ways, you know, you talk about putting your training into use. What What are you doing? What are What's an example? Give us a, 
you know, uh, protecting the um, identity of all parties involved. But yeah. Give us an example. Um, <clears throat> so at Bethel, we had this thing called that we would practically just call calling out the golden people and, and just being like, hey, Spencer, like, you're actually such a great dad. And like just calling out what the, the kingdom identity in people. Um, and that's something I've really been able to, to do practically, uh, even at work. And what it's, what I found so interesting is a lot of people, um, when I, when you tend to give somebody a compliment or something, um, they almost expect like you want something in return and it's almost hard for them to, um, receive a compliment, um, in, in that way. So one example, um, this girl I worked with, uh, work with, she was telling us a little bit about her childhood and like just growing up, she had, um, just a hard, a hard time with, with her mom and her relationship with her mom. And she said, so it was so ingrained in her that she just needed to apologize for like everything, you know? And that, so she apologizes for a lot. Apolog- I call that suffering from apologitis. Yes. <laughs> um, and so she was just basically kind of just apologizing for apologizing. <laughs> and I was like... That gets old. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, actually, I, I want you to know that you don't have to apologize for being yourself. And you are so incredible. And you, you make the dynamic of this workplace so amazing. And, like, you're so much fun to be around. And she had that, oh, yeah, but... And I was like, no, no, no. No buts. No buts. Like, you're just awesome. And so even something as small and as practical as that, where I'm not necessarily sitting across from somebody and saying, hey, Jesus loves you. And like, you're Wait, so, so you weren't like, the Lord says. No. <laughs> no. And that's like, I feel like a lot of people think that's what ministry is or like the supernatural aspect of ministry is like the prophetic. And that's really not like... I, um, the Bible has hundreds of names for God. Um, and I picked one up, uh, in Reading and it's not biblical per se, but it doesn't necessarily make it any less true. I like to call him Jehovah sneaky. Um, cause the, the gospel doesn't always have to be up in your face. Um, you can be subtle with it and, and still get those truths. in. so I was like, no, like there's no buts. You're incredible. You're awesome. Like, just take that. And she was like, oh, that actually really means a lot. Thank you so much for that. Mm. Um, yeah, so, like, just practically taking that that sort of thing of just calling out the golden people um, and, and listening to Papa, listening, listening to God, and being able to speak that truth into somebody without mm-hmm. saying, thus saith the Lord type deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, okay, mm-hmm. then let's rewind then. Um what what took you to Bethel? Yeah, um, actually, a big part of it I, I would probably have to attribute to you um, because uh, I I did my first year at Indiana Wesleyan University uh, and just financially couldn't afford to go back. Um, and I remember like a year or two after that, or something, shortly after my first year, I remember being at our parents' house and you're like, "Hey, Carter." you should check out this school called Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. Um, you told me that James Heth went there who started Kingdom Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, 
yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. And you were like, it's a lot cheaper than Indiana was. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> like 90% cheaper, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll think about it. Um, didn't do anything with it for the longest time, and I, I think I actually ended up bringing it up to James, or maybe you brought it up to James, but we ended up talking, and James was like, dude, just do it, man. Like, just go. And so I applied, got accepted, and then actually within a month of me getting accepted, I totaled my car and got laid off from my job. <laughs> so I was like, wee! Okay, guess, uh, guess I'm probably not going to go this year. And I think in all honesty, like, if I really wanted to, I could have, like, yeah, I it, guess it I, for, I forgot that part of your story that you had put it off for a year. Yeah. So you'd already gone through the whole application process, which is pretty extensive. Yeah. So you have to type out a whole bunch of stuff online. I mean, I remember looking at the application and then there's a phone interview. Yeah. Right. Phone or Skype interview. Um, and so I'd gone through the entire process, got interviewed by, by a gentleman. I can't remember who it was who did my first interview. Um, but it, got actually got my acceptance letter um and then so i was like man okay i'm i'm gonna go to go to reading um got laid off from my job total my car this is which pre- job was that uh it was i worked at a photo editing oh place. yeah that's right yep um which it was just a seasonal job so i knew i was gonna get laid off but yeah. just the timing with totaling my totally car cool. and everything uh just kind of made it a little rougher um but if i were to go back then knowing what I know now, I there's not a single doubt in my mind that if I really decided that I really wanted to go that year, God, it would have made away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of just decided I was like, all right, I'm gonna put this off for a year and not do it. Um, so end up not going that year, and then I reapplied this year and decided, all right, no matter what, I'm gonna go. No like, matter what. No matter what, like. So before we get to you going out there, because I want to hear about your time out there, definitely. Yeah. Um, what happened between that first acceptance and then when you actually finally ended up going a year later? Yeah, um, I actually got a lot more involved at Kingdom Life. Okay. Um, so I was on a prayer team, um, helping run sound, and uh, just got because I I decided I think. Either either subconsciously or consciously, I just decided, like, if I'm not going to go be at Bethel, I want to involve myself in the culture regardless. Mm-hmm. And I think Kingdom Life does a really good job of, of keeping that culture of honor and, and the and operating in the spirit and, and the gifts of the spirit. Um, so I just decided, like, if I'm not going to go this year, I'm still going to be involved. I'm cool. still I'm still going to go after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I got really involved at Kingdom Life, saw some healings, started operating the prophetic a lot more, um, really just grew in that a lot. Um, and I think that was actually a lot more by design than what um, <clears throat> than what I thought or what I realized um, because that kind of gave me more of a grid for the supernatural and a more of a grid for what I would be encountering out there. Okay. So that leads me to my next question actually, which is, um, how did, and I've, you're not the first person I've asked this question. I've asked it to others, but, um, how did being a part of the kingdom life body and did it prepare you for going on to the thing that came after? 
So for you, that thing after was BSSM. Yeah. For other people, it's been a job or this thing or that thing. But did this, and if so, how? Did being a part of the Kingdom Life body, and if so, how prepare you for, for Bethel? Yeah. Um, I think, yes, it did. In, in the sense that Kingdom Life does actually do a really good job on teaching the values of Bethel, mm. whether whether that's something you guys are consciously going after or intentionally going after. Mm. Um, a lot of like the training on healing that I was getting yeah. was the same <clears throat> cool. from, from Kingdom Life to Bethel. Uh, obviously, there may have been like some different terminology used, but the underlying message of like it's actually God's will to heal and God is just as active today as he was back then is all very like it was all the same mm-hmm. same message yeah um so yeah I, I think that and then also just being in a community of believers that believe the same mm. and and we're going after the same thing yeah really prepared me um because even within that community of believers there's still some like I don't want to say disagreements because um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right term to use, but there's different thinking uh, in, in that. And like you're saying out of Bethel. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Um, well, even at Kingdom Life, honestly, I mean, we don't we don't all always those who are in leadership and on staff don't all always agree um, on what should be done or the way that we should do it. But that's where the culture of honor comes in yeah. is that you're saying, you know what, I actually value what you bring to the environment enough that I'm going to, I'm going to step back and let you do this thing or I'm going to say, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it that way instead. Yeah. Um, and so even, I, I felt like I may have gotten a bit of more of a um, different perspective in kingdom life with you being my brother and you being on leadership with kingdom mm. life. I kind of not, not, I didn't necessarily get a big look behind the scene, but I, I feel like I got a little bit of peek behind the curtain with that. Um, and so that kind of just helped me see the like, oh yeah, there are disagreements within leadership, mm-hmm. but the leadership still works out. And yeah. like everybody still works together and there's still that sense of honor there um, to where you guys aren't negating what the Holy Spirit is doing just because there might be some small disagreement. Like mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it would yeah. be a small disagreement. So talk to me about, um, okay, so now you're out of Bethel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Huge um, culture shift in terms of Calif- Indiana to California. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you... I guess we could go any number of ways with this, but for sake of time and the relevancy on this podcast, we won't. But suffice it to say, small Midwest town, not so small California city. Um, Like, talk to us just a little bit about your process of transition um, from Indiana to uh, California. What is, what's one thing... Uh, I like, I, I'll ask you this question about just different aspects of your story, but like, what's one thing the Lord taught you, uh, just through the process of transitioning from Indiana to California? Yeah. Um, I think a big thing that I honestly thought I had a good grasp on before leaving Indiana was, Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, Danny Silk says powerful people don't react, they respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and listening to respond as opposed to listening to react. Mm. And man, when I got out there, like I was living in a house, there were 12 guys in that house. Wait, tell the listeners what the name of the yeah. house was. <laughs> it was. It's called the Testoster Home. And uh, <laughs> I just laugh every time I hear it. And there was a sister home called the Estroden. The Estroden. So there you go. Okay, go on. So yeah. you're living in the Testoster home. Yeah, yeah. With <clears throat> so there were eleven other guys other than me. And in all honesty, like <laughs> I was probably one of the least favorite guys in the house when I first moved out there. Um. And to be totally honest, I don't know if I could tell you why that was. Wait, least favorite in terms of just like, like from the other people living there? Yeah. They're just like, ugh, Carter. They, yeah, they just, they were like, I don't <laughs> really like this guy. Like, literally, one of them straight up told me, I don't like you. <laughs> um, but we were able to actually work through that, and he became one of my closest friends out there. Okay. Um, so, being able just to to sit back and hear what the person is saying, and then like actually hear what the person is saying, Mm -hmm. like hear the underlying, uh, like tone of what, what they're saying. Um, so I think because here in Indiana, I, I've noticed that a lot of people, they tend to, one of two things either happen. It's, it's like the extremes. They either say exactly what they're thinking or they're super passive aggressive. (laughs) There, There really is no in between with that. Yeah, it's not truth. Um, but in California, they're like, this is what I mean. Like, especially within the Bethel context, because the yeah. Bethel context, I, I call it the Bethel bubble. Like, there's the Iwu bubble. There's the Taylor bubble. There's just within that culture. Okay. Um, and it comes, I feel like they truly mean it out of like a culture of honor. They want to say like, Hey, I actually, this is actually what I mean. This is actually what like I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how I'm experiencing you. That That's like a key phrase. Like, Hey, can I tell you how I'm experiencing you right now? Mm. Um, and so just getting a lot of feedback from that. Um, and then actually I came home from, for Christmas and you actually confronted me in love at, at one point And I was like, man, kind of being a turd. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) And I think a big part of that was I had this mindset of I'm finally moving the farthest away I've I've ever been from family. I'm finally going to be 100% on my own. I'm going to be able to do everything on my own and I'm going to go out there and do everything. (laughs) How'd that work out for you? Yeah, it didn't didn't work out out at all. In fact, I got out there the first night I got out there, my car broke down and then I was without a car for six months while I was out there. And working across town at often 5 a.m. at Starbucks. Like, yeah. I'd have to get, get my housemates up to give me a ride to work. So maybe the lesson that was in there was humility? Yeah. Was I, the value of community? I, was... I think that the humility and community were two really big ones. Yeah. Um, and Because just living with a lot of people doesn't actually mean that you're in community with them. Yeah. Because we come from a a semi-large family. I mean, mm-hmm. we had there's five children, both of our adult, <laughs> both of our adults, <laughs> our parents who are still married. Which, by the way, uh, when we're recording this right now, they will be celebrating their 38th wedding anniversary yeah. uh, in about uh, just about a month and a half. So that's pretty exciting. 
Um, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, a lot of people in the house at any one given at any given time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're actually like living in harmony or living in yeah. unity. Dude, there's just you're living with a lot of people. Yeah, and I think that was that was something that I had to get used to, and that I had to like actually realize that like just because I'm living with somebody doesn't mean I'm in community with them. Just mm. just like you were saying. Um, and honestly, everybody said, everybody in the house as a collective said, um, after Christmas break, I came back like a different person. Mm. Um, and I even started seeing that in myself too. And just really actively going after community and being more present in the moment. I think mm. that was a big part of it is being present in the moment. I mm. started realizing that like there would be a lot of times when people would be in the room and these two guys would be having a conversation with each other and because they're in a conversation with each other, I didn't want to like interject myself, so I'd just be sitting there on my phone and I just wouldn't be present. Mm-hmm. Um and that's really a lot of what the guys in the house were looking for was just an effort to be present. Mm. Um and I think that's that can be translated to to anywhere to work to to school to family as people are looking for an effort to be present well to your relationship with the lord like the father wants us to be present yeah so just showing up to church raising your hands during worship uh going through the motions does not does not qualify you i mean it doesn't work like that anyway but it's like that doesn't mean that you have a relationship with the lord it just means that you're like going to another social club, basically. Yeah. So, all right, so you're out there at Bethel. The Lord has taught you some humility. He's working on you about community. Um, what is, uh, let's see, we'll, we'll talk about, I know that you had to do a, um, a mission trip. Yeah. Okay, so uh, your mission trip was domestic, so you weren't going any place overseas. You went right. to Southern California, right? Yeah. Okay, um, your biggest takeaway from your mission trip, or maybe the, the, the place that you saw the Lord show up the most, um, basically, I guess, a testimony from your mission trip. Yeah, um, so we did a lot with Gospel House uh, in Southern California. They're a ministry, they're super cool, run by some BSSM alumni, um, alumni, rather, and we were at their first meeting in San Diego. Um, and it was, it's basically like a house church. Like it, it's what I envisioned. Like the upper room was like okay. packed shoulder to shoulder. I've, I've followed them on Instagram since then. And like uh, their posts are all like, nobody's going to post the night where three people show up. Right. Yeah. I get that. But like, yeah, they're actually in a house. Yeah. Like the ones that they're, that they're posting there, they're actually, it looks like they're in a legit house. Yeah. And it's standing room only. Like, tight tight fit um but i remember going into that that night not necessarily like feeling it like you know how you can go into ministry sometimes and you're like yeah i i'm in the culture like i i'm ready to do this i'm ready to see some crazy awesome things happen Mm -hmm. and then there's some things where you're just like yeah we'll see what happens yeah i'm not no no this is okay this I'm trying to decide if I should tell the story or not. The Lord like had a conversation with me one time. <clears throat> I was getting really tired of serving on ministry teams. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, this is such a chore. And I seriously, I had this thought, and and I told, I told my community here, and actually, I re- I repented to them of this. So like, 
I'm good with the Lord. I'm sure that everyone listening was really concerned about that. But um, like I actually, these words actually came out of my mouth, like, or were in my mind, like, gosh, I bet Chris Fallon doesn't have to pray on ministry teams. Like, I, <laughs> so there's a whole lot of things wrong with that, yeah. which we won't dissect now. But like, I, I was, real, I, you know, I'm just like sitting and reveling in this pity and, and it didn't last long. And then it, it maybe literally a couple minutes and I realized like the ludicrousy of what I had said. And I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Hmm. And so I repented to the Lord and I repented to my friends because I told them what my thought was. And, um, and it was amazing because then the next time I was on ministry teams, it was, I was refreshed. Like I yeah. was, I went in excited, just ready for the Lord to show up. And I think what had happened was I was, um, I was going into those times previous to that, like getting ready to work yeah, for the Lord to show up or to speak. Um, pardon the airplane sound outside. Sorry. I just, I had to relocate my studio and, uh, we're picking up some uh, <clears throat> outside noise. Um, <clears throat> coincidentally, I had to relocate my studio because Carter moved back in with us. But that's sorry, okay. No, sorry. That's all right. I like you. I like you. I like you being here. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that being said, yes, I totally relate to that because you know I was in that moment. I think previous to that where I'm like, uh, I got to go pray for people again. Instead of like, wow, I get to partner with the God of the universe to tell people how much he loves them. So, okay, carry on. Um, and so there was, there was a time where there were, they had a group of people go to the backyard who had never prophesied, never done anything like that before. And they were just kind of learning the basics. And then the rest of us who had prophesied and who were more familiar with it. And you said this is their first meeting in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, we were able to stay in the house and just like minister to each other and that sort of deal. Um, so I ended up coming up to this guy. I think, I think his name was Alex. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, and I'm just standing talking to him and it like, I wasn't asking for a word of knowledge. I wasn't like going after that by any, by any means. Um, but I just saw him all of a sudden like a football uniform. I was like, hey, bro, do you play football by chance? He's like, dude, yeah. I was like, sweet. Is your jersey red by chance? Because I saw him in a red jersey. He goes, yes. <laughs> I was like, dude, sweet. Is your number this? He goes, no. I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, ah, two for three is not bad. But <clears throat> so I gave him, ended up giving him a word about um, just playing football and everything. Um, and I was like, dude, do you have like any pain or anything in your body? Um and he was like, actually, yeah, it's my senior year of high school and I can't play because I blew out my near, knee last year and I had to have knee surgery. Wow. I was like, oh, bro, I would love to pray for that. He's like, yeah, totally. Rolls up his pant leg and he has this gnarly scar on his knee mm-hmm. from the surgery. And he said, he mentioned to me, he's like, I actually have two screws in there. Um, I was like, oh, do you know where they are? Because I've heard testimonies of metal dissolving mm-hmm. and I'd love to go after that. He's like, actually, I have no idea where the screws are. <laughs> and he's no. just like, he's like, I just know that they're here in my knee. I was like, all right, I mean, God knows where they are. Cool. <laughs> so I just put my hand on his knee and I just start praying. I was like, just t- commanding the pain to go and saying metal dissolve right now in Jesus' name. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, did you feel anything? He's like, bro, craziest thing. I didn't feel anything except for two small circles. It got really hot. 
Cool. I was like, bro. Like, <laughs> and it was so cool because it was so effortless. And yeah. it just came from this place of not striving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually really cool. Before um, my mission trip, I was actually trying to grow in words of knowledge and get like really specific words of knowledge. And I had a friend who I, the entire school year, I was trying to get a word of knowledge for her mom's name. And every single time I was wrong, like, <laughs> like not even close either. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what her, she never told me what her mom's name was, but every time she was like, no, that's not even close. <laughs> Dang it. Um, but when I was on this missions trip, I got some crazy accurate words of knowledge. Like one was for a guy where he'd been working the past 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, and I was like, oh man, that's crazy. Um, and it just came from this place of not striving. Um, but to, to get back to the knee thing, like he, I had him tested out. He was able to move in. He had full range of motion, no pain whatsoever. And he's said that he hadn't been able to do that since he blew it out. Nice. Um, and that was just like, that was super cool for me. Cause it, it almost felt like while I was at BSSM, Mm -hmm. um, up until that point, like I wasn't seeing like any miraculous healings or anything when I was doing that. And I, after that, I felt like the Lord was like, man, it's because you've been working for it. Mm. Like you don't need to, you don't need to work for it. Which is, I think at least worthy mentioning, um, that's like we're from the Midwest. We've grown up in Indiana and something that you know, I'm not saying people from other regions of the country don't have good work ethic. I'm not saying that, but I would say one of the, the hallmarks of somebody from the Midwest is like, Oh, their work ethic. And, mm-hmm. Uh, just working hard, <clears throat> working to earn, like uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the kingdom is so countercultural to that. Yeah. Right. Now there is balance in that even because we know that, um, that Jesus says that the kingdom of God suffered up until the day of John the Baptist, right? The kingdom of God suffered violent and the violent take it by force, right? So there is a side of the walk where we are moving forward aggressively and taking back territory. But then there's also the side of just like, I know that my father gives good gifts to his children. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, when it's my birthday and my dad's giving me a birthday present, I don't have to work to get it. He gives it to me because he loves me. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> that's really cool. So um, we are going to take a quick break here. And when we are back from the break, I want you to tell our listeners uh, your biggest takeaway from your time out at Bethel. Okay. And how that has, Im- not only your your biggest takeaway, but how that has impacted like the way that you just live your life and, and do your life, okay? Um, back here and doing what you're doing now. And uh, then also um, at the end, we will have you, um, we'll close out with you praying for our listeners. All right, so we will be right back. We're going to get this little um, commercial in here um, and we'll be back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the interview with Carter. It's been a lot of fun to talk to him about his time out at Bethel, but now I want to tell you about an opportunity that you have to lift the name of Jesus higher in your own backyard if you live in Marion. Uh, We are going to be hosting a prayer and worship tent for an event called Tent America at Indiana Wesleyan, September 27th through the 29th. It starts 
late in the evening on Thursday and goes late until the evening on Saturday. We need people to man the gate, to lead prayer, and to lead worship sets. So if you are interested, please follow us on Instagram, ATD underscore Univ underscore alliance that's uh as in awaken the dawn university alliance or just come see me after church on a sunday night we're excited to get you out there and most of all we're excited to lift up the name of jesus all right we are back with carter lloyd my youngest brother and (laughs) you know i'll let you get away with that because it's highly unlikely that the other brothers are ever going to listen to this so they will never know um so you were telling us about your time out at Bethel. Um, my question to you was, what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, what is it that you, and how does that impact the way that you're living your life now? Yeah, um, I think my biggest takeaway has has been the fact that I am just a son. And, and I don't have to worry about how I'm perceived by the Father. Um, just like when Zadok comes to you. I'm sure you're not like, ugh, this kid, again. (laughs) Well, maybe someone's nose. (laughs) Um, But that I can actually come to the father and just be like, hey, like, I want this thing. I want to go after this thing. And he's going to meet me where I am and go after it with me Um, and and, and freely give it. And I think um, that's, that's affected my life being back here in the sense that I've learned to see other people like that as well Mm. and their actions, um, not defining who they are. Mm. Like if, if Zadok is being a turd, I'm not like, Oh, he's just a turd. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but I'm like, actually no, like his actions aren't speaking to his identity. Yeah. His, his actions aren't, defining who he is because Mm -hmm. he's defined by the father and the father says that he's an incredible kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that was probably my biggest takeaway. First year really goes after identity hardcore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually ended up, um, completely by accident, uh, writing a spoken word about my identity. Mm. Um, I had never written a spoken word before in my life. Um, and when by spoken word, I mean like, free form poetry it's poetry um, people yes, it's poetry <laughs> um and gotten with some friends and we actually produced it like recorded it produced oh, cool. it actually ended up becoming like a song pretty much um so it was actually really cool um and through that it was just like it was my prayer and and what i heard the father saying about me mm-hmm. um <clears throat> yeah and like one one part of it was just like he holds me close like a picture uh, a father would hold or fold to always hold close, you know? Um, and like, I was just like, man, that, that really spoke to me where I was. Mm-hmm. And cause again, like I came into BSM thinking like people had told me, yeah, BSM goes hard after identity. Like first year goes really hard after identity. You're really going to learn who you are and who the father calls you to be. And like I was like, oh, I've, I know I know who the Father calls me. I know my identity. In Christ. Well, you were you'd been a youth pastor for a while. Yeah, um, which coincidentally didn't give me much background. <laughs> like, I didn't didn't give me much ground in BSSM. Like, mm. um, not not in a bad way, but like, I was like, man, like I these things that I thought I knew, I was just 
gaining a new perspective on. Um, but like my biggest thing was like, oh, I know who God calls me. I know my identity in Christ. I've had my original design done like hmm. three times, um, <laughs> which was great. And like all of those things spoken to me in my original design were reinforced uh, while my in my time at BSSM. Um, but yeah, I, I think big, big part is just my identity in Christ and who God calls me and how I can step into that and further the kingdom in that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so oh, I felt like there was another question I had in there about that. No, I don't remember what it was. That happens to me sometimes. So you're fine. Um, it's good. So you were out there for a year, made some friends, <clears throat> came back. And now you're working at Starbucks again, part of a church plant. What um, what are you most excited for in the next? Like, if you know, we're, you're dreaming with God. What are you? What are you most excited for in the next twelve months? Gosh, next twelve months, I I really feel like Indiana is on the cusp of revival. Um, and <coughs> sorry, um, I think just seeing steps in that direction um, and and seeing signs and wonders taking place, not just in, in, in Indianapolis where the church plan is, but also here in Marion, um, just seeing more. Um, mm. And I, I think, because I'm, I'm going through the Kingdom Culture book uh, again and just diving deeper into that. The Kingdom Culture book is written by Dan Fairley and it's, it's Bethel's core values. Okay. Um, and so I just just finished up um, God is Good, the very first core value, mm. God is Good. And it's just giving me more a more unique perspective because we went over it in, in school, in BSSM. But I think now that I'm um, more removed from that culture, not, not that I'm not in that culture anymore because I definitely am, mm-hmm. but now that I'm not necessarily in that Bethel bubble, um, I'm able to have a different perspective on those core values and and see where in my life now that I'm not surrounded by a ministry 24-7, mm. um, that I'm like, actually, yeah, God is really good. Mm. Like, I, I do get to experience His goodness every day. And even in, like, the small things. Um, so, yeah, I think just continuing to to see more and more of that evidence in my life and in the lives of those around me too um just again going back to that jehovah sneaky even if i'm not being 100 percent like in your face like mm-hmm. i still get to show you that god is good and i mm-hmm. still get to show you that jesus loves you through my actions yeah because now that i understand my identity my actions are coming from <clears throat> are being driven by that identity, mm-hmm. not being driven by a longing to find that identity. Yeah. That's good. It's all good stuff. Well, <clears throat> we're coming to the end of our time. So I want to ask you, as I do, uh, everybody, there's one final question. So how old are you? 23. 23. Okay. So depending how old a person is, it determines like what age I go back to. So we're going to go back to 18 for you five okay. years ago. 
what would 23-year-old, what advice would, would uh, 23-year-old Carter give 18-year-old Carter if you could go back in time? Oh, man. <clears throat> Keep your eyes on Jesus. Like, because I think at that time especially, I was starting to... Um, look more at the world than I was at Jesus mm. and I kind of lost sight of, of <clears throat> just how good Jesus is and just how, how much he loves me. Um, so yeah, I'll just say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Like keep, keep going towards Jesus. Don't let up in that pursuit. That's good. All right. Well, I'm going to, we want to close today, uh, with a prayer from you. And actually what I'd like for you to do is actually just to pray a prayer of impartation. Yeah. Um, what you received at Bethel, that the people who are listening, uh, could have that, uh, whatever they want from that, uh, whatever the Lord wants to give them. Um, particularly I felt like it was interesting because your testimony was around that, that word of knowledge being so accurate. Um, you know, pray into that specifically, but yeah. I'll let you pray and then I'll close this out. Yeah. God, I just thank you so much for every person uh, here listening. Father, I just want to impart everything that I, I got at BSM, every healing testimony, every word of knowledge. God, I just pray for um, open ears to hear you speaking, open eyes to see you moving. Father, and I pray for discernment uh, for those words of knowledge and um wisdom to be able to know when to speak it. God, I just want to impart um, the the knowledge of Bill and, and the wisdom of Dan uh, onto these people um, and that they can walk in that and, and walk in their identity and who, you, who mm. you call them to be. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for another edition of In-Depth. Uh, again, if you've got ideas or questions for our show, please come up and see me on a Sunday night. Uh, if you have a suggestion of somebody who you'd like me to interview on the show, uh, I would love to do that as well. Uh, we are about equipping you and positioning you to be more successful in the kingdom than you would be on your own. And speaking of which, there's going to be a new segment coming up soon where we're going to, uh, I'm going to dig into the archives of uh, what I have been reading or, or ingesting, as it were, that's encouraging me in my walk and letting you uh, know what that is. And uh, then asking my, uh, whoever I'm interviewing the same thing, like what, what are they taking in that's really making a difference. So be on the lookout for that. But until next time, thanks for going in depth.